0: in episode 32 we discuss from minnesota to florida featuring our third guest on the podcast kenny snow we'll have the initials game and coming from a request on facebook we're going to take a look at alcohol in the believer in fix your eyes welcome to six in the mix a band of brothers talking faith family sports and politics join us on our journey Welcome to episode 32 of Six in the Mix. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions on our Facebook page, Six in the Mix podcast, or on our Twitter page at Six in the Mix pod and find our videos on YouTube. So we're going to turn it over to Ryan, kind of a unique episode 32, and Ryan's going to get us kicked off.
1: Thanks, Matt. We are pleased to be joined tonight by Kenny, our our good buddy from college who recently has transitioned from Minnesota to Florida, going from the uh, northern part of our country to the southern part of our country. And I would even say a very southern part of Florida. Uh, So he's not even in the northern section of Florida that uh, would be easier to go visit if we wanted to drive down there. But he is, I believe, near Fort Myers, Cape Coral. Is that is that accurate? That is accurate. That is accurate. So, Kenny, welcome. You you are one of three people that joined the podcast. We're excited to uh, hear what led you to Florida. Um, The rest of us, except for Ethan, who's not with us tonight, um, we're we're still stuck in the northern part of the country. So maybe if you speak highly enough about what what the world is like down there, that will be attractive, and more of us will follow you down there. So welcome, and uh, I just want to ask generally, what what was your rationale in moving from the state you grew up in, you've lived in? I think your whole life went to college in, in Minnesota, uh, to heading all the way down to Southern Florida.
2: All right. Well, I hope you guys are ready. I got a lot to talk about. Um, kind of give you some background on you know what led up to this moment. And uh, but first, before I get before I get we get to that point, I just want to say again thanks for letting me join the podcast for this episode. Um, I have been following you guys as, uh, you know, you guys were good friends of mine in college, and uh, still love you guys dearly. I uh, hang out a little bit more with Don and Ben than the rest of you, and I just battle Ryan with the uh, good old fantasy football and, and words with friends. Uh, so so it's great to be here. Um, you know, Matt, you, you know, we had talked earlier. Um, I guess I do want to share a little bit about, you know, just, Kind of the blessing you guys have been to me through this, um, just just hearing from you know other fellow believers and you know you had an episode a few a few I don't know what it was a few weeks ago that I heard it but you know about about sin and sin in our life and it just really hit home and I had a weird experience that I had to turn around and go back and get my laptop so my drive was like an hour you know an hour and fifteen minutes the perfect amount of time to listen to your podcast and um, it just really it just really hit home and in things that I struggled with in my life and. Um, I, th- I guess the biggest thing is I just want you guys to know that, yeah, I think people are listening and there's definitely more of us out here that, you know, really care about you guys and appreciate what you're doing. So along those lines, uh, I want to talk about, again, we'll talk about me for a while. Um, to Do that. I'm going to go back and, uh, you know, years ago, probably 12, 13 years ago, uh, my wife and I decided to leave the church that we, that, that we grew up in. Uh, it was my dad's church. Um, it was a tough decision. There's a lot of reasons for it. I'm not going to go into all those, but it was a tough decision. We weren't growing at all and just didn't feel like it was the place for us. We felt a little bit judged, which some is on us, you know, that's on me as a believer to, you know, to overcome that in, in some instances, but we felt judged, felt like it was just, it was just time for us to go. Um, and so we, we departed that church. We, we looked for a new church. We found something and uh, found a church that we really loved. We actually, everything that they stood for was exactly in line with what we believed growing up and how we, well, we still believe doctrinally. Um, their music was a little bit more laid back, which we appreciated. Uh, but through that church, we were able to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we were able to really grow in our, in our personal faith. You know, the, Sadie actually became the popular one which usually, you know, I'm the one who everybody wants to talk to, and she's kind of a more of an introvert, and she became the popular one because of the piano, and it was really kind of nice. Uh, she, <laughs> she took over the music ministry there, and uh, was leading that, and kind of just, you know, just rocking that keyboard. Like, they, these people had never heard anything like it before, so it was really fun, um, but then beyond Sadie, that. The, Sadie
0: plays some mean keys. It's, I do miss It's that. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah right. it's unbelievable. She's very gifted. Yeah, it's it is, it's crazy how good she
2: is. Um, so, so anyway, so then down, you know, down the road, they come to me and they ask me if I want to lead a small group. And again, you know, it's been a long time since we've been in college, but I was not one of those guys that would stood out on a limb and said, yeah, I want to lead. I want to lead a Bible study. I want to do this. I'm not going to be a dorm stoop. I was none of those things. So I'm sitting there like, oh my, I'm scared to death. Like, this is not who I am. I've never done this, but I'm like, know what god's telling me that this is if they're asking me i should do it so i'm like okay (laughs) let's do it we had elders of the church in this small group that i was leading and you know what guys it was it was incredible um so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna kind of fast forward a little bit because it's you know but it was really good for us i even ended up part of the worship team at one point i was playing this little bongo drum and i had no idea what i was doing You know, you're sitting, if you know what it is, you're sitting on this little drum and you're beating it with your hands. And it was so much fun Sadie would be like, yeah, you were completely off, off key the entire time, off beat the entire time. I'm like, you know what? It was awesome. I was just up there praising Jesus and, you know, singing. And it was awesome. Nobody else knew though. That's what I'm like, Sadie, the good news is nobody else knows.
3: (laughs) Hey, was that, was that one of those boxes or was the actual, like a top drum? Okay. So you're, it's a
2: box that I sat on Yeah, and I tilted a little bit and then I would just, you know, yeah. Exactly. It was just, it was awesome. Just hit away. Um, so anyways, really getting out of my comfort zone and it was really good for us. Um, but the church, the reason I'm telling this story is because the church um, had some change in leadership and it really went away that we just, we couldn't, we just couldn't be part of that ministry anymore. It was, we had to leave that church. Okay. So I'm not going to go into the reasons for that, but we, it was, we had to leave, unfortunately. So since that time, which was probably four years ago, we had a really hard time finding a church. Like it was, we visited a number of churches and it was, it was hard. And and part of it's on, you know, on, a, on me as a believer of, I'm not going to get everything I need. And we got to realize that we're going to be involved with other people that are sinful and we're not going to do everything we like. Uh, we're not going to get everything perfect, but we latched onto a church that we really weren't faithful to, except for to bring my, you know, our daughter. We wanted to make sure that our daughter got good Christian teaching and she was involved with other kids. <clears throat> Anyway, so we went there, but we never, never really felt like home. Okay. So we, so we have that, that factor that we really, for the last four years, didn't have a great church home. Um, you know, some of, you know, many of you know, TCF, let me go. I was with TCF for 16 and a half years or so, um, pretty much just doing as good as you could do a at a job, but they let me go. Um, that was a good, it was a really good life lesson that, man, I had, I had really put work first. To be completely honest, work was number one in my life. Uh, I did everything I did was for work. Um, I would work as many hours as I could to, to make sure I, I exceeded and met expectations. And, and man, I did a pretty good job at it. I, I'll say, you know, I won a lot of awards, a lot of trips. And, and then just like that, just snap of the fingers, you know, I, we got a new leadership, you know, in, installed and they wanted to bring in their own people. And I said something that I shouldn't have. And that was enough. So, you know what? That was, uh, that was it. So, so there's that thing, you know, I realized that my, you know what, God's telling me, you know, there's more important things at work. You know, you, you've been neglecting your family. You've been, you've been working till 10 o'clock at night. And um, I still do some of that, unfortunately but it's not going to be as bad. And we'll talk about that. You got another reason why, why we decided to move so I could work out of the home. Um, we had, uh, we had, uh, we had some, some issues with our family. Not going to go into the extreme details, but we had uh, a a small part of our family that we had a little, uh, we're not on great terms right now. Let's put it that way. Uh, With some things that happened and how we tried to deal with it and um, some major disagreements, and it's kind of not in a good place right now. So there's that. And then my wife also had some issues with her family. She was getting blamed for something that happened uh, to her cousin that was really unfortunate. And so we got all these things, and then we got COVID. You know, and we've got how Minnesota and walls, and you guys know how, how extreme I am on one, you know, on my position on this. But you've got COVID, you've got walls, you've got how we've dealt with it versus how some other states have dealt with it, and you put all these things together, and you know, last about December, no, uh, about November, uh, we, I finally am like Sadie, you know what? <clears throat> Let's go. It's time. And uh, and again, another part of the backstory. <clears throat> excuse me. You got a little COVID cough in here, guys.
3: <laughs> so, <laughs> I love the fact that you, even in college, you would say stuff like that. This time, let's go. Let's just do this. <laughs> let's, go. Let's, let's go. Like all of a sudden, there it is, <laughs> the
2: line. That's right. That's right. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, another backstory though, my wife, for, since we've been married, has have been wanting to, whether it's been real or passive, or whatever, has wanted to move. She's, we love Florida. We've always loved Florida. We love vacationing here. Um, she's always wanted to get out of Minnesota for many reasons of her own. So so again, fast forward to this, right? We've been married for, uh, 20, is it gonna be 20, 19 years this year? Wow. You know, fast forward to now and I'm finally like, you know what? With everything that's happened, with what's happened in both of our families, I've had work, you know, work isn't gonna be loyal to me. They're only gonna be loyal to me as long as, you know, they want They want to be so why don't we do what's right for us? You know, something that you wanted to do, and um, so I said, "Let's go." So then we come down to Florida in December um, on a little vacation, and we visit Cape Coral. And we happen to have a realtor that works, you know, ironically, but not ironically, but he works in Minnesota and Cape Coral. Uh, we know him very well, so there was there was some pull there. Uh, my wife taught his his uh, kids piano. And so he's talking about Cape Coral. Cape Coral is listed as one of the top places to live in the country. And we're like, you know what? Let's go visit it. We At least we know somebody who lives there three months out of the year. At least we'll know somebody. Let's visit it. Let's see if this can be home. And we visited and it was a three-day weekend. And um, just absolutely loved it. Just everything about it. We're like, you know what? And honestly, it came down to the simplest things, which might be, might be... I don't even know what the right word is, but just like how is that even a thing? But it was even as simple as being able to see people's faces. It was that's It was as simple as that. But also, obviously, there's the climate. There's the there's the there, there's the the fact that just it's kind of just really laid back down here, and uh, but it felt it felt right. I mean, both of us are like, yeah, we can do this. Um, so we started putting in offers and homes. Didn't get them, and I remember actually we got <laughs> we got. We got a little bit discouraged. We get home and one of the first snowstorms of the year, I've got, I had a crazy long driveway. It's like a, it's a single car driveway, but it's a, it's, it's crazy long. And uh, we had a snowstorm and I'm driving home late at night and there's probably a foot of snow and I'm sitting there. My snowblower doesn't work. So I park at the end in the cul-de-sac. So I'm like, I need to snowblow. My snowblower doesn't work. I'm like oh that's this is great this is wonderful but I can't leave my car in the cul-de-sac because they need to plow so I'm like I'm gonna gun my little Mitsubishi as far up the driveway as I can see what happens and of course it gets stuck which I which didn't surprise me but it gets stuck and so so I'm out there I'm just and I'm just angry I mean I am I'm getting the shovel and I'm just I mean I'm just mad at this point point. and I remember my wife and my daughter they come out and I'm like, yep, I need, I need you guys to do something. I'm like, I don't know what, but do something. I need, we need to move. snow. I need to try to push. I'm going to try to rock it. It was so stuck. And I remember just like, I am just done with this place. Like I've had it with Minnesota. We are out of here. <laughs> so, so the search, of course, you know, the next day the Lord, uh, the Lord gave me another, another blessing. And, you know, I go out there to try to get my car unstuck, And there's a guy happened to, happens to be plowing the the cul-de-sac at that moment. And he comes and he tries to push me out. He can't get me out but then he called another to uh, you know a plow driver they so they both come out and they helped get my car out there was no way I was getting that car out without their help it was so jammed in there and then as you know once you start rocking it back and forth you you know you build a rut in the ice and you're just stuck so it was you know the lord was really good to me uh, really good to us got the car out but again not that that's a reason to move to florida but it was kind of like a kind of like a man like i'm just done with minnesota i'm done with this i'm done with everything and um push come to shove yeah we we got our house um we you know we we feel the lord really really opened up these doors um so we were looking for a house but then we found out that we needed to talk to my employer get an approval and so i'm like i gotta break the news to him and again, going back a little bit, and, and again, I apologize, I didn't script this out. So I'm, I'm mostly a just off the cuff type of guy when it comes to these things. But, you know, I told Sadie, I was like, you know what? I go, we're moving. I said a financial one, which is the credit union I work for, if they won't do it, then I'll just find a new job. So that's kind of the backstory of TCF. I was like, you know what? I, there's no reason for me to, to bow to my employer, which I will give them everything I have. But you know what, if they won't do it, they won't let me work remotely then we'll just find something else um so i had to go to my employer and get a letter so i could get my um my mortgage down in florida um so that that got a little dicey they weren't too happy at first but they they came around in a hurry uh once i i again i had to sell them on why we can i can sell mortgages from florida it doesn't matter uh and the the cool thing again with the lord the lord put in you know kind of in these steps is both my CEO and my COO, these are the two that I report to, they both had just refinanced their mortgage within like the last month. So I said to them, I'm like, okay, you guys, I'm like, did either one of you guys meet your lender? And they they sat there, kind of did the old, actually, no. I'm like, exactly. I go, I've been doing this remotely. Even though I've been in the office, I've been doing this remotely since we started. I said, I don't meet with our, with our members. I go, I have it's like three people that I've met with face to face, and they're the ones that are extremely old and don't do like e-sign. But I have people; we have people in the branches that can do that. So, anyways, again, not to make a long story too much longer, but um, they they came around in a hurry, realize that my specialty is sales. Um, that's where you know I can I can talk people into just about anything, uh, but it's usually it's in it's in their benefit, so it's not like a it's not a sale. You know, I just have to you know show them why it's going to benefit them, but you know, that's where my specialty is. I'm going to come down to Florida and I'm going to sell and I'm going to make you guys a lot of money. I hope so you guys can hire more employees and do, and do better, you know, have better technology. And, and they started thinking about it. They're like, yeah, that's actually going to work really well. <laughs> so I got my letter. Uh, needless to say it. Got my letter. We started looking at homes uh, virtually, which is, I mean, that's a scary thing. Right. So our, our realtor got on an app called, called uh, Marco Polo. And would, and would go through, you know, houses with us. And we found the house, we found the one. Um, and so we put in a very nice offer on the house, uh, very, I mean, it was cause we lost some others and just like Minnesota and probably everywhere across the country, you gotta you gotta go well above asking price. And um, and we did, we, we felt like we went quite a bit over, um, as for a couple thousand in closing costs, you know, but, and we got it. And then the appraisal came in and it appraised even above that. So we're sitting there like, Again, what a blessing um and then to to fast forward a couple more weeks you know we we found out from our realtor if we would have waited about two more weeks this house we bought probably would have been about 30,000 more than what we paid for it so we wouldn't have gotten this house Um, so and then there's a long story which I'm not going to go into on the sale of our house that was a that was a nightmare slash blessing Uh, but it all worked out the Lord opened every single door and it was unbelievable. It was like, you know what? It, it seems pretty obvious that this is where the Lord wants us right now um, to us. So that's kind of, you know, that's the bulk of my story. I mean, I, I did want to talk about a little bit about walls in Minnesota as well. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll get into that for a second and then I'll get ask you guys some questions. or I'm sorry, you guys can ask me some questions. Uh, see what you want to know, what I, what I kind of missed out on. Um, you know, the whole Walls part of this in Minnesota, and, and I know Walls is an individual. He's there for a short period of time. Um, but it feels like, you know, the way that Minnesota handled this whole thing, um, and I know, I know this group is all over the place and, you know, and where we're at and how we handle things, and that's okay. I have no problem with that. I just have a problem with ruining businesses, ruining businesses with really for no reason. There's really no reason behind it. I mean, the initial shutdown, sure. I mean, I I get it. We, need, we didn't have, we had no clue what we were dealing with. I understood that part. So then, then we reopened restaurants, you know and theaters and bowling alleys. And I tell you what, that was last summer. That was huge for us. Cause I finally got to do something. I'd take my daughter somewhere, you know, and do something. Um, so I t- I'd take her to the movie theater and this movie theater is $2 tickets. And they were showing Back to the Future and Ghostbusters and you know these old movies. And I'm like, this is awesome. And by the way, Ghostbusters, which is rated PG, is uh, it's PG 13 in today's world. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, daughter, my daughter saw some things and I was like, I was like, huh? I guess this is uh, the ratings were a little different back then.
4: <laughs> um, so she's
2: you know, it, was, it, was, it was funny because it was like yeah when that girl was doing that weird thing on that guy and i'm like yeah go, like, yeah some people are just weird like I, you know obviously it wasn't revealing but i was like yeah some people are just super weird i don't know what she was doing <laughs> so, so but anyways back to the moral of the story two dollar tickets these theaters these bowling alleys they're just trying to stay alive and mind you when i went to these theaters there was no more than eight people in them at a time in the theater, showing the movie, no more than eight people. We come around to September, October, whatever it was, let's shut them down again. He said, it's too dangerous, too dangerous to be in these places. And I'm sitting here like, what are we doing? Like we shut down the state fair, which is outdoors. What are we doing? These people, their, their annual livability depends on the state fair. And we're just going to take that away from them. And I, I just, so that, that was another factor that I'm like, I just, you know, we just wanna be with all these other factors together. And we know politically things can change in a hurry. In two years, we might go full Democrat in Florida. You know what? At least I'll have a pool. So, so I have my own oasis to go to. You know, so, um, but you know, that's really, that's really the bulk of the story. I'm sure there's a lot more I can add, but I'm gonna let you guys uh, see what questions you guys have or comments or what else
0: you wanna know. So Kenny, once, once you got to that point where, Hey, we're, we're making a move. Was there any other places that you considered, maybe some that were a little bit closer? Cause obviously both you and Sadie's family are, are in Minnesota. So, I mean, the Florida that's a, that's a massive move. Was there any other considerations or was it Florida or bust?
2: There were some slight considerations. Um, you know, Tennessee was one of them. Tennessee is a uh, very, very conservative um, that's, and, it's, and it's a beautiful place to live from what we understand and actually we stayed in Chattanooga on our trip through and ab- it's gorgeous it's absolutely gorgeous there um, that was a consideration super ironic this was not a strong consideration but my wife was talking about Idaho and I'm like to me I'm like I, I'm not going to Minnesota to Idaho I'm like I just you know <laughs> uh, but I would have I mean I would have but to me like I said we, we just absolutely love Florida and yeah I'm probably going to hate it in the summer it's probably going to be miserable, but no different than it is miserable in, in the coldest part of Minnesota winters. Um, so we, this really was kind of the place. And and you know at the end of the day, if Cape Coral didn't work out, if we didn't find that home, this home that we're in right now, we probably would have just stayed put in Minnesota, just hunkered down. Um, you know we were in a good position. Um, yeah, the other the other piece of all this too is that with the housing market, we were able to actually make a lot of money on our home and actually get rid of some debt that we, you know, that we kind of been hurting us for a long time. So, um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of factors. I, like I said, I didn't even get to all of them, but, um, yeah, we would have probably stayed put. We might've explored a couple other places, but, um, Florida was really, that was really it.
1: Any you talked about our esteemed governor, Governor Tim Walls. Now, yes, I didn't hear you mention anything about the governor of Florida and how he has handled COVID. Was that a consideration? Obviously you, you've indicated Florida right now seems a little bit more conservative or freedom loving. Maybe. Um, did you take a look at Ron DeSantis and say, uh, there, there's something to this guy with leadership, and I, I want to follow his lead.
2: Yeah. And I would, I would love to talk about DeSantis more in depth here, and maybe in a little bit. Um, the short answer to that is DeSantis in and of himself was not a he was not a strong reason as to why but it was but but then again indirectly he probably was you know Florida being you know Florida being well at least that area of Florida being a little bit more you know, about freedom and hey you you know you do what's right for you you know that's that was what was appealing to us. Is that? But there's parts of Florida that are horrible. Tampa is terrible. I think Orlando is pretty bad. and Miami, just to say, I was just in states. Orlando,
3: and and yeah. we did not experience anything that you're talking about there. I mean, it was it was pretty much you know kind of like it was here in Wisconsin, lockdown, and everybody's wearing masks every, everywhere, right.
4: except oh, really? in the
3: in, the, in huh. ex- yeah except in the little resort that we were at, where everybody's at the pool without you know without a a. A mask on but yeah. anywhere else on the resort that you could go in or had to go, uh, it was all, it was all about that. So, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah the big cities are. It's are, are interesting. Um, so Cape Coral, that was the, okay, this, this was the other thing when we, so when Sadie and I were here in December, we went into this little Italian restaurant. And again, little things, not, should they be, should they be the reasons to make a monumental decision? Well, no, but it, it definitely helped. We went into this little Italian restaurant and it was like, you were you were the outsider. If you had a mascot, you were, you were the weird one, you know, and not again, not that we would ever shame anybody if they choose to wear it, that's fine. But to the point of people down here are just in this area are just like, Hey, I'm going to do what's right for me. And this restaurant, none of the employees wore them. Um, it was a, it was a, it was a owned by, by this Italian woman. We saw the owner there. She was very heavily involved and We just, and not saying we can't get that in Minnesota or Wisconsin. I think that does exist. We found some places in Minnesota near where we live that were very, yeah, they're going to put their sign on the door, but you do what's right for you and you, and people knew that, Hey, this is where people can do what's right for them and no, and they're not going to get ridiculed, but just going in there and being served by somebody with a smiling face. I, I've mentioned this so many times in some of my Facebook feeds and it's like the fact of how dehumanized we we have we have done to to each other it's like we're no longer human in some areas of the country when you walk around with your face covered you no longer get that feeling of somebody smiling to you which 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 probably i mean it means a lot it really does i never had a clue until i didn't get that when you don't see somebody smiling at you even a random stranger at target i mean it is it was just such a good feeling to be in that restaurant and to feel that human connection, and it's like, yeah, this is this is what we want again. And it might not last. It well, might not,
1: Kenny. Uh, that's why one of my three masks that I wear has a smile on it. You can see the smile on the front of my my third mask. Oh my goodness! So you, yeah,
2: I'm sure you're the double masker with the shield. I, I would I would imagine. <laughs> and that's okay you know what Ryan we'll just make fun of you and that's okay we'll still love you the same as long as it's not forced on me that's all I care about so
5: you know I can um, appreciate the uh the masks though I think my wife likes it now that people have to wear masks because you know you know now I don't have to worry about you know feeling uncomfortable when all these these women are smiling at me and you know (laughs) you know so (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) nice I, I do i do miss it i mean i i am i am a man but uh but uh right. but yeah it, it it cuts down on the uh on the uh nights on the couch do, amen do you need to see, John, John, you do
2: do you go around and be like yeah that lady for sure was just smiling at me just so yeah, you know, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah this definitely saw, got a smile from that one i saw it in her eyebrows <laughs> That's awesome. All right. All right. let's pray for jen let's pray <laughs> for jen. jen right now <laughs> oh right. so Kenny you you mentioned that you you just went back to Minnesota to you know finalize some things and whatever And your trip back you mentioned that the uh the mitsubishi that you got stuck in the driveway barely made it so so walk us through some of the tenuous things because I I've, I've driven that I've you know yeah. fr- I, I drove that just this past spring and I know that is a long trip yeah and I know particularly in the mountains of Tennessee you know if you don't have I, a car I didn't that,
2: go that Oh, yeah. you didn't. I didn't because I couldn't. So yeah, I'll tell you the story here. <laughs> so my car would not have made it. It would have literally gotten stuck on the incline. It would have just stopped. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so again, yeah, yeah, a little more of the story here. I've been. I told Financial One. Part of me selling this to Financial One was, guys, I will I will be back and forth. I will be. I will be here on the ground until we hire somebody. Um, you know, Sadie's already aware of that. She's she's okay with it. You know that I'll be more in Minnesota and, than Florida for a while. So I was like a week in Florida, and then two to three weeks in Minnesota, and back and forth since February. So we finally hired somebody, and um, and so I said, guys, I can't do this anymore. I go, I, I'm I'm going to make the drive down, and I couldn't do it anymore because every time I left. You know, and it's, it's crazy. Every time I left first off, my wife was even crying and you guys that, kn- I mean, you kind of know Sadie, she was a tough nut to crack, right? She, I mean, showing that she loves me doesn't happen. So I, am sitting there saying goodbye to her at the airport. She's crying. I'm <laughs> like, like, so you really do love me? I'm like, she's like, no. <laughs>
1: so,
2: you know, so, but, but the worst part was my daughter. you know, I, so I, you know, I sat there. You know, she's sitting in the back seat. I drive to the airport where they got to drop me off. I drive, get out, hug my wife, go to hug Macy. And she's, she wouldn't get up. She's sitting in the back seat with her head down, going the other way, playing on her phone. And uh, I'm like, Macy, I'm like, I need a hug. And so, so then Sadie yelled at her. She's like, Macy, get up or whatever and get up. And she's bawling. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, nope, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, I guys, I can't, I need to go. I need to get down there. I just, I can't do that to my family. So, so anyways, so long story, sh- so now the part of the, the, the car, so my car has had this little transmission issue where if I take it on long trips, longer trips, and there's any, any Hills whatsoever, uh, it just, the transmission overworks and the transmission overheats, which apparently is different than normal overheating of your vehicle. So, cause I look at the temperature and the temperature is fine, but then I get this symbol that I've never seen before. It's not even in my book. It's literally not even in the Mitsubishi boy <laughs> We had to Google it. I went to the dealer once and they were like, well, I, you know, basically aside of getting a, a new transmission, it is what it is, right? Local driving, no problem. So I knew this was going to be a, a tough trip, but once I get down here, I don't need to drive the car, like hardly ever, but we wanted a second car. Like I tell my family, it's a first world problem, right? We want a second car because we want a second car. We just want right. to know that we have it, right? So... <laughs> um just in case she gets stranded somewhere or whatever we know we have anyways so i drive it down i'm going to take it i i don't take any pto last week so i tell work i'm going to work the entire week i'll take late check, check out every every morning at the hotel i'll work till noon and then i'll be available by phone the rest of the day for this new guy that i'm that i'm helping which is actually my new boss so i'm training my new boss and like so i'll be there i'll answer phone calls all day long as i'm driving i got nothing else to do anyways so I'm driving about five hours a day is, is what I'm doing. First two days were okay. Second day, you know, there was one time where the car, you know, I had to pull over and yet I have to sit somewhere for like an hour then I can go again. So day, day four is when I got down to Pensacola. Um, I got a niece who, who uh, married somebody who's graduating from Pensacola Christian College. So I stayed in their little, in their little apartment with them and I was like, okay, eight hours to go. Pensacola to Cape Coral, eight hours. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to make it today. Not a half hour into that trip. <laughs> the car is like, the car is like, all right, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> so, so, so I am literally, and what happens is, it, it's, it's these inclines, it's the ups and the downs. And um, what will happen is I can go. I, so I can go while it's seeing And the, this message is a, a temperature and then it says, slow down. That's what the message tells me. and i'll end up i'll end up going like 40 50 miles an hour on the interstate and by the way if you if you're driven in florida everybody drives 85
3: yeah they're flying
2: it's unbelievable unbelievable. so i'm going 45 50 miles an hour just trying to get to an exit i'm like please let there be a gas station at this next exit (laughs) so so i got my flashers on i'm just just trucking and going on these uphills and i'm just so I call say I'm like yeah I'm not making a home I'm gonna I'm gonna get to Tallahassee it took me like four hours to get to Tallahassee which should have been like just like two so I'm gonna get to Tallahassee I'm gonna stop you know I ended up whatever working got a haircut in Tallahassee and um, you know, so just whatever else I can do uh, soon we got there and I'm gonna try to make it the rest of the week Saturday which was yesterday. I mean, so the other days I was always working until noon and then, and then gonna drive my, my five hours or whatever. So I get up and I started going at at 10 a.m. About an hour into the trip, oh yeah, my car is just not happy. You know, it's just, so yesterday I drove from 10 a.m. between driving and stopping 10 a.m. until 2 a.m. What should have been about a six hour trip, you know, took, what is that, 16 hours? Should have been, oh, Man, um, I ended up stopping, you know, watch, you know, watch Mortal Kombat. I, I'm like, guys, I go, I, I can't go any further. I'm going to get near Tampa and I'm just going to go watch a movie because my car, I would I would stop it for whatever, 15, 20, 30 minutes, light would go off and I could drive it semi normally, but it's all my wife. I can hear it. It goes, it literally makes a sound like, and I can hear it before it gives me the air. And I'm like, yeah, this is not going to last long. <laughs> so... so. Oh hey my guys, at the end of the day, here's, okay, Jeremy, here's the part you'll love. So on day three, there's from, I stayed in this place called uh, Tupila, Mississippi. And whatever that is, Tupila, Mississippi. So then I have a route to, to Pensacola. I can go left on this interstate, or I can go right on this interstate, or I can go straight. Now the right, the right option or straight, both take about four hours, but the straight option is about a hundred less miles. So, what do you think, Kenny chose? I chose the straight option. Yeah. I'm going to go the straight downhill option. Um, that took me through. I was sitting there talking to my wife, and like, I'm like, I'm so sorry if I get stuck here. You're probably never going to see me again. It's like the hills have eyes all through Mississippi. Although, that old horror movie? Like, there's no way I'm going to live if if the, if I get stranded here. And I had to stop. There was it was like it was like mountains going up and down. I'm like this was a horrible decision, uh, but you know what? God was good. Oh At the end of it goodness. all, I made it. I went through these towns. I was in the middle of nowhere. I had no cell service for half of that drive. Like I literally I couldn't call. I couldn't do anything. I'm like if I get stuck, I am done. Like I so. And I was driving through these roads. I mean, there was nothing. There was no modern civilization anywhere to be found. So, but at the wow. end of the day, God was good. And the other thing I was going to say is that I, I kept on sitting there and like, you know, just thinking him because I saw, I must've seen a hundred cars on the side of the road with their flashers on all through Florida. And I'm like, I can't believe that wasn't me, <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: but, uh, because I'm
2: sitting there like really that's crazy. reality like I'm sitting here like no it's going to be fine I'll make it and then I see all these other cars that didn't make it
0: wow so
2: it was okay. it was a little bit scary I stayed in some of the nastiest hotels I've ever been in because again I didn't want to spend a hundred bucks a night so I'm like oh 50 sure kind of <laughs> lives. That's, that sounds good I don't, I'm pretty sure I have some sort of a disease now <laughs> but, 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 so. Like, i was afraid to park oh. my car with the people hanging outside too it was, it was unbelievable i'm like what did i get myself into I'm like say, if i make it great if oh, i don't man. the life insurance policy is in this. i made sure she knew where the life insurance policy
0: was so, oh so,
3: that's great so good stuff what a story
0: you had uh one maybe one last question and somebody else has some but you had talked about churches and i appreciate you sharing kind of just the history up in minnesota um did you guys uh, have a church in mind down in cape coral or maybe just give us a a, you know where are you guys uh, looking at is there a couple so
2: uh, we uh we didn't and the difficult part was we had one church we actually met somebody the first day that happened to be a christian in one of the story local shops and we were chatting with them and she goes yeah cape christian they've got a homeschool group because we're still going to do homeschooling for now and um, they've got this and tons of stuff for the kids. And, and so I wasn't here for much of the Sundays. I was only here for a little bits at a time. And, um, so I told Sadie, I'm like, I'm like, you need to, you need to try to f- go to church on your own. I'm sorry. I'm not there, but you need to try to find something that, you know, because we need, we need to plug Macy in. We need to plug our daughter in. She needs some new friends. And, um, and she's been a saint through all this, by the way, she loves it, but she doesn't get to see any of her friends anymore. You know, so that's been difficult. Uh, probably more difficult for us than her, at least how she's handling it. But I think she's got her mom's blood in, in her where she's just she's just tough as nails. So um, so, anyways, we she visited Cape Christian. Preaching was fantastic. Um, the music was a little bit more like your uh, Eagle Brook, if those that are familiar with Eagle Brook in Minnesota, where you get a little bit of a rock concert first, and then you know, as your praise, and the, you know, so we're like, man, I just don't know if we're there yet. I don't know if we're you know, with all the lights and the flashing and the strobe lights, I just, I don't know if that's the kind of worship that really puts us in tune with God, we don't know, you know, we're, we're, we're struggling with that, so I come back, and we go, we find a Baptist church, it seems like, hey, let, let's try a Baptist church, let's see if it's, I'm kind of hoping it's more of like a Southern Baptist, you know, we want, we walk in there, and there's nothing but old people, and most of them, half of them, were all, you know, we're covering their faces, which again, that's fine, they didn't care that we weren't, and
1: Hey, um, hey! Two, those senior citizens—they have wisdom. Just remember that those masks—sign of wisdom.
2: Uh, fair enough. I'll, I'll leave that alone. Because um, so, um, there was like two kids in that church, and and it was just very dry, very you know, very it just we didn't it just didn't really resonate with us, and, and so that one didn't. You know, we're like that's not for us. So then we find another one that we want to try, and we tried it on Easter Sunday. Um, same type of thing. Um, pretty, pretty, uh, showy, you know, on the music, you know, we, we definitely want, of course, you know, we're looking for the perfect mix of everything, right? What's perfect for Kenny and Sadie, you know, where we want some beat, we want some rhythm, but we don't want strobe lights and we don't, you know, but we want this and we, you know, we don't, whatever it's, we know we're not going to find that. So, but we get there at Easter Sunday and the message, by the way, was like one of the best messages on salvation I've ever heard in my life. It was like, it was like, wow, this is incredible. Um, but but, and the music, you know, a little bit out there, um, but okay. But then they do this kind of like this special music, and all of a sudden, these four uh, youth youth kids run up on stage in these white outfits, and they start they start dancing and almost and just doing the weirdest dancing things. I'm like, what? Like, what is happening right now? <laughs> like, like what? Is, how is this? You know, how is this? You know, part of worship. Um, my wife researched a little bit more it's a huge latino church actually they have a very large uh, latino group and apparently dance is very big in the 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 latino community with with how they worship um so it wasn't provocative it wasn't it was just weird right it was just not something we're accustomed to it's like why? what is that doing for anybody like how is that lifting god up and making me ready to, to hear his word but at the end of the day uh, we think that's probably going to be our church because I uh, say we tried another church last weekend and just you know it just didn't you know sometimes you know you know you got to work through some stuff but you walk in and you just know that can't be the church that's just not that's not the place for us and
3: it sounds like you need a church broker
2: yeah, I could you know Jeremy it it's unbelievable how many churches are out here how many Christian Baptist oh, yeah. they're um, everywhere I and and the, and the thing is they're all labeled they're all, there's, there's the Baptist churches, which you pretty much know what they stand for, but all the other ones are like your Eagle Brook in Minnesota, like where you gotta make sure that they really do believe in, in what we believe in. You know, the, the, the theology is, the doctrine is, you know, in line, you know, <laughs> that, that they're not bowing to the, you know, the LGBT community. And, you know, not that they're condemning it like the Baptist churches have been known to do, um, but, but they also don't accept that as okay. You know, so it's hard to find those, those mixes, you know, we the church we found in Minnesota had a female assistant pastor and it was, that was really hard for us. You know, that was, hmm. but then we realized, I don't know, again, are we going to find everything that's perfect for us? And it wasn't the head pastor and then she ended up leaving. So we're like that. And they replaced her with a guy, which <laughs> again, it's hard. It's a difficult piece of man from where we grew up to where we are today you know, is it is it wrong because I was told it was wrong or is it, is it actually wrong? You know, so mm-hmm. the, we've, we've struggled with some things through, you know, which in a good way, uh, since we've been church on things sure. you know, from Minnesota and here, um, but yeah.
1: Hey, Kenny, what, what
2: song were they dancing to, by the way? Oh man, I don't remember. It was not one that I knew. Oh. It, 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 yeah, there was a few songs, but, but they started, I was getting the, you know, this is a church or a coffee shop and they gave us a free coffee or whatever, you know, as, as a welcome gift. So I'm like, I'm going to go get, you know, my wife, something from there. And they started with nothing but the blood. And I, it was just, it was awesome. This, I was out in this coffee shop, just belting out nothing but the blood, probably way off tune, but I didn't care. It was like, <laughs> this is awesome. I'm like, I love this. And then they went to all songs. I'd never heard it before. And dancing. So, <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> Which is okay. I, 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 I think it's bongo's time
2: I, I should i should just run up there with my bongo and be like guys i'm gonna help you out
0: I <laughs> had no problem staying on beat i'll tell you that wow outside of uh, outside of family what's the thing that you're going to miss the most about minnesota Uh
2: man you know it's it's probably yeah, I mean, family is really, like you said, that is the number one thing, but it's probably just the the comfort of just knowing Minnesota, Hmm. you know, it's, but I don't know, like I said, with everything that went on, like we, like I said, we had some struggles and, you know, we had somebody that said, you know, you're running from your problems and it's like, you know what, that maybe, that might be true, but we, God certainly opened the doors and we were willing to stay. We were definitely willing to stay, but you know, with everything that happened this last year and just, again, how strongly we feel about how things should be handled, we're like, man, I, I'm i not going to miss a whole lot. I'll tell you this. I I will miss being able to go see Don and Ben um, on, a, on a more regular basis, which again, we probably saw each other twice a year, maybe two or three times a year, we'd hang out and do something. Um, just being able to do that, that's, you know, it's, it's funny how friends come and go, but honestly, you guys, you know, between Don and Ben, um, probably two of my best friends in the world, which, because, again, with the church changes and just how life changed so dramatically for us, I realized my TCF friends, they're not real friends. I mean, yeah, it was fun to hang out with them, but all they want to do, it's, it's interesting as the topic we're talking about later, all they want to do is drink. That's hmm. So, again, I was able to do that as a co-worker and sit there with them and they'd make fun of me when I, you know, when I drink them out and do, you know, or, you know, once in a while, I'll admit it, I'll get a strawberry daiquiri and, uh, and they'd make fun of me. I'm like, yeah, go, that's what I'm going to drink. You guys deal with it. So I became known as the pink drink guy. If I ever had any drink, with them, um, Ryan, you can judge me on your, whatever, however you want to judge me It's fine. Uh, I'm open, uh, but, but no, I, I'm not going to miss a lot of that stuff. I it's hard. It's hard to know that I I do need to you know really get out of my comfort zone and I need to find some new friends, of course. But yeah, I think we're uh, we'll see. We'll see. Now that I'm down here, maybe time will tell. You know, in the next few weeks that I'm down here permanently, how you know what the
0: difficulties really will be. So. Yeah, it's great. I think uh, I appreciate you sharing. You know, it's you never know. Like you know, when people make decisions. You know even people that you know somewhat well you, you never know all the things that go on behind you know maybe somebody who saw some of your your stuff on Facebook would think okay it's maybe just the COVID stuff that got that got you and that played a part for sure but yeah just I appreciate you sharing all that stuff I think that's encouraging to us and hopefully encouraging to those who listen as well so that's great that's great all righty well let's move into our uh our game time uh with Don
3: Some stretches, yeah, loosening up. (sighs) Matt, how many did you win by last last time?
0: I think it went down to last question. Was it just last question? Okay, yeah, I think. Were we tied, Ryan, or were you within striking distance? Yeah, you, you beat me on the last question,
1: I, and I was about a half second after you coming in on five Time. That's, right. that's
0: right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, That's why I don't anticipate that happening very often, so that's why I will revel in that probably for months.
5: <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So you, uh, you're you aware of uh, the game rules, Kenny? I am, and I do want to add real
2: quick. Jeremy, I am with you on this game. <laughs> for some reason, I listen to you guys, and it never comes to me. So <laughs>
5: But I'm going to change that tonight. I'm going to step up. Here we go. Here we go. Bring your A game. All right. The initials for tonight are A-G. Initials are A-G. A-G. Yes, Matt. That was A-G. Got it. Okay. (laughs) All good. Here we go. Item number one, clue number one. Born November 25th, 1960 in Augusta, Georgia. Clue number two. Honored with a star on Hollywood's Walk of Fame in 2006 for her contributions to the entertainment industry. Ryan. All right, here we go. Ryan. Amy Grant. That is correct. Good job. Good job. Okay. He did a lot of work I put into that one, and i not to answer those four questions. Okay, I get it. Well, was Vince Gill coming up on one of the clues? I didn't know. I was I was going to go with Gary Chapman. Oh, because okay. uh, yeah, she divorced Gary Chapman. Oh. Nice. I mean, not nice that she divorced. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Nice for Vince Gill, but hold yeah. on. She was married to Gary Chapman. Yeah, yeah, they
3: were married. <laughs> I mean, I knew she had a divorce, you know, had been divorced, but I didn't know it was to him.
5: Yeah. Wow. All right. Ryan's on the board with one. Item number two. Clue number one. Established in 1789. Clue number two. Earns a yearly salary.
0: Matt. Go ahead, Matt. Attorney General. That is correct. Wow.
2: And oh, oh. man. That's the only one I had written down. <laughs> 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 and my computer cut out on the second clue. I don't have that completed. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>
4: Oh, Appreciate you letting fair. us know that,
0: Kenny. That's great. Who's, who's, who's I have the know? first one, too, if it went to six clues?
5: <laughs> <laughs> anybody know our current attorney general?
0: uh it's Yes. The, uh, it's the guy. It wasn't the guy that was uh, winner. It's going to be the Supreme Court Justice Merit Garland. Under... Garland. Yeah, there you go. Garland. Garland. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I thought it was attorney general. And uh, um, I, I I was gonna ring in after the first clue, but I thought, no, it's too risky. I was playing I, a, I was playing a conservative. I was I gonna wait that, one more clue
0: too. Yeah, I thought I thought as well. I was like, that's ah, it's probably not, but yeah, 78-90, You try to think, okay, the, the nation formed up. They're probably <laughs> doing a lot of stuff. So all right. All righty. All right, you got Matt on the board now. Ryan
5: with one, Matt with one. Item number three, clue number one. Edward Kendall, Philip hench were awarded the 1950 nobel prize in physiology of medicine for the discoveries on the structure of and effects of these
0: longest clue ever
5: (laughs) (laughs) clue number two composed of two heterogeneous types of tissues Clue number three: Named for their location relative to the kidneys. Jeremy, that would be adrenal gland. That is correct.
1: Nice,
5: nice, Jeremy, the resident expert in kidney health, isn't he?
3: Yeah. Well, hey, when you teach life science, you actually learn, you know, a few things. Nice. I'm just going to say, Jeremy on the board with one. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Not often we get to say that. Not often. That's why I wanted to say it. <laughs> nice job. All right. We got one, one, and one. Ryan, Matt, and Jeremy. Item number four, clue number one. Almost entirely burned to the ground during the Civil War.
1: Ryan.
3: <laughs> Don, Don's expression was priceless. <laughs> All these clues. You know how long it me to put all these clues? I together. cannot wait. I, I, I hope this is wrong.
1: Yeah, for well, don's d- d- sake. With Matt coming in so quickly on that last history question, I've got to be ready to go. Uh, the answer is Atlanta, Georgia. That's correct. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but because I teach history. Well, I used to teach history, but I don't anymore. So really, I, I guess I didn't—I didn't know that Atlanta, Georgia yeah. burned to oh. the ground. Sh- Sherman went through with a vengeance through Atlanta. Yeah. Wow. Wow.
5: Mm. All right, we all got one except for Kenny and Ben. Here we go. Item number five. Clue number one. Created by Pleasant Rowland in 1986. Clue number two, over 32 million of these have been sold since 1986. Clue number three, its website receives over 45 million visits per year. Clue number four. It is one of the largest consumer toy catalogs in the country. Ben Boy, if Ben gets this, this is very This impressive. is gonna be crazy, no kidding.
4: American oh, girl. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? Unbelievable. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. The only one who does not have a girl
0: for a daughter in this Seriously, group. i five of them. We've got more uh, girl dolls than I do daughters. And... <laughs> <laughs> wow! Nice. Amazing. I didn't realize they've been around that long.
5: Yeah. yeah. Wow. <clears throat> All right. So everybody's on the board except for Kenny. Kenny, we need you, man. All right. Let it go you. to six. I queued this one up right up for want Somebody just keep her mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> Item number six, clue number one. Born on March 31st, 1948, in Washington, D.C. Clue number two wrote his 1969 thesis on how television would impact the conduct of the American presidency. Clue number three, was an investigative reporter and editorial writer for the Nashville Tennessean? Clue number four, in 1985 through 1992, was a U.S. Senator for the state of Tennessee? Blue number five, was in the running for presidential nomination for his party in the 1988. Jeremy. Oh, we got Jeremy, I think. What? Is that Al Gore? Wow. That is correct. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I was second behind
3: you, Jerry. Man, you were, I know. That was close. That's I can't okay. believe I can't believe. Yeah, I'm shocked that I was uh, first on that. I can't
0: believe
2: we didn't get that after like 20. Yeah, no kidding. It's like his buddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Clear. <laughs> uh, All right,
5: right, so we got Jeremy leading with two. Everybody else with one except for Kenny. Uh, I think
0: Ryan, uh, Ryan. Ryan's got two. Ryan oh, two. Ryan's got Ryan's, two. Ryan's,
5: Ryan's with dose as well. Oh, Blast. I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm with you, Don. to slide that one by. All right, here we go. <laughs> Item number seven, clue uh, number one: a form of self-propelled artillery. Considered. Oh, I'm sorry. Clue number two: considered more mobile than tanks and could be utilized as both direct and indirect fire artillery.
0: Matt? Go ahead, Matt. That's not right. Artillery gun?
5: I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Clue number three. Primarily used during World War II by the forces of Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union. Jeremy. Go ahead, Jeremy. Automatic gun? I'm afraid that's incorrect. Clue number four. Was largely abandoned during the post-war era in favor of tanks or multi-purpose tank destroyers attached to infantry formations. Clue number five, the traditional form of this was primarily superseded by tank destroyers. Clue number six, are designed to provide direct fire support for infantry attacks, especially against other infantry or fortified positions. Hmm. Three, two, one. All right, the answer and boy, you guys were almost close, but I just couldn't take it. Uh assault gun Ugh. is the Ugh. technical term. Assault gun. I actually thought about that as as I I know it I went yeah, through Matt, you said clue no, two, two or three of, and then I, I was know. like ah. An assault gun is a an artillery gun is is typically used for, I would think, um uh, infantry units. Um assault gun is something that's mounted.
3: Yeah, and that's what I was thinking. When you gave the World War II, I was thinking, you know, those those
5: machine guns, those mm-hmm. yeah, mm. assault Wow. Tough clue. Mm. All right. So rounding it out again, we've got where are we? Matt, Matt two and, and two. Ben could force a three-way tie here. Yep. <clears throat> All right. So last item before the tie break, if necessary. Item number eight. Clue number one. Was first team All-State as a high school senior in football and basketball? Clue number two. Nick Saban recruited him for Michigan State as a defensive end. Clue number three, played college basketball for Kent State. Clue number four, Tried out for the NFL in 2003 after the NBA deemed him too small to play basketball. Clue number five. Holds the record for most career touchdowns at his position with 116. Clue number six. Never played a down of college football, but became one of the most successful tight ends to ever play. Jeremy. Go ahead, Jeremy. Alex Gonzalez. I'm afraid that's incorrect. Oh. Hmm. Five, four, three two Matt go ahead Matt Aaron Gonzalez no that is incorrect three two one well you guys are gonna be kicking what's me. his
4: Can't name for this. the Atlanta Falcons yeah. what's his yep. first name
3: right what is it Antonio Gates. Antonio oh Gates. no! <laughs> You've
0: got to be kidding! He was me. on my fantasy team back in the day, too. Die, yeah, I die.
2: probably inherited him three years after he
0: retired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe I forgot Antonio Gates. Wow! Seriously, that is ridiculous.
0: Now, it was the NFL one for the? No, you didn't. You didn't give it an NFL team at all, did you? Because no, no, that would have no, no, no. given it away. No. Oh
1: yeah i was thinking all east coast teams wow yeah. what a
3: story i didn't realize the backstory of that guy on, what a down. talented
0: yeah i played
5: a down in college football and... wow yeah He's all right so we got jeremy like
0: one year man one time buddy. come on jeremy this is it this Wait, is it Wait, man. Who, 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 who you guys it's cheering you, for you, you be me no it's jeremy ryan this what is who you guys cheering that? for is it i are you seriously asking that question <laughs> good grief that's right, I'm, as I'm go, pep boys. talking, Jeremy, <laughs> hello, uh, hello. We're, we're not
4: cheering for the expos. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah. Correct. Oh
4: <laughs> yes.
5: All right. Oh, so this is a man. three clue tie break using the same initials. A G clue. Number one written in 17- 17.
1: Amazing grace.
5: That is correct. Oh, my God. Come <laughs> on, oh, Jeremy. You knew it was coming.
1: Come on, man.
3: <laughs> I figured that was going to be so easy and that you would just be like, nope, not going to do that one. Goodness sakes. Wow. Wow. You know, as
5: I was coming up the clues with Amazing Grace, I was thinking about you know how John Newton wrote that, that hymn. That dude was a slave trader. He was heavily involved in the slave trade. How 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 come this him has not been canceled yet?
1: <laughs> well, he will be after this this episode airs.
5: So. <laughs> wow! I just threw him under the bus, but wow! Yeah, I couldn't believe how how much he. I mean, he converted to Christianity after after uh, uh, his time there, but uh, and became a ordained minister and then penned over like two hundred and eighty hymns, but man what a story that guy must have had i, I don't hmm.
1: remember don did he um did he end up once he became a christian speaking out against slavery yeah
5: yeah yep he was yep. part he he helped uh, um pen some uh some legislation i can't remember which which uh important yeah. uh slave slavery legislation that he uh he was a part of he, he and really. william wilberforce yep yep you're right
0: yep good good wow man fun one down to the end down to the wire all right. Good job, Ryan. Yeah. Good Thanks. job. Good job Thanks, guys. Good, good battle. All right. Well, we're going to transition to fix your eyes for quite a few episodes. We had, uh, had been doing sanctification. We wrapped that up last week and uh, we're actually going to get into the first, uh, one of the first uh, suggestions, uh, from a listener, uh, on uh, this, this, uh, this episode, uh, fix your eyes. We'll probably, probably do a couple episodes on it, but, uh, talking about alcohol and the believer, uh, so it'll be interesting to see uh, different perspectives and kind of weigh this one out. And so just tonight, we'll, we'll start with a, a simple question. Uh, how did you or your family view alcohol growing up? Uh, and has that changed at all for you over the course of your life? Are, are you different now than you were maybe back growing up? Uh, your perspective on that. And we'll uh, we'll go in the order, Jeremy, Don, Ben, Kenny, Ryan, and Matt. So as we start start this uh, topic, I'll uh, start with you, Jeremy. Thanks, Matt. Uh, yeah, we,
3: we had... Um, zero alcohol in our home as we grew up and uh, that was kind of like standard for our entire family and really both sides of the family um, kind of held to that standard at least at least to what I knew uh, and so it was never was never part of my growing up at all never had never had a really a, a strong influence of that at all and even in our school I mean sometimes you know whether you go to a Christian school or not, I mean, sometimes that kind of weaves in somehow and, and, um, you know, makes its way in, but, uh, I, I was never, never into, and, and part of that, uh, scene or was exposed to that. And, uh, my first exposure to alcohol was actually in college, a friend who, um, <laughs> will remain nameless. Uh, we, we spent some time together and went to an apartment up in, in, um, Minnesota, uh, the Twin Cities, on a on a spring break, I think it was, so it wasn't on campus or anything, but um, yeah, it was my first exposure and uh, had a beer and can honestly say I did not like it at all, um, hated the taste of it, and um, but it you know so I, I I had a couple beers just because and so beers and pizza and watched some games and. Uh, so that was my that was my introduction to alcohol. Um, interestingly enough, that that kind of uh, opened a little bit of a, um, a, a gate for for me that uh, was not expected in my life. Um, not that I've struggled with it, um, but there have been there have been times uh, privately where I have really desired to do that and to have that be part of, you know, my, maybe not my, obviously not my outward life. And I'm talking, you know, 15, 20 years ago, when I was a little bit younger, and uh, really didn't see too much of a problem with it, if I could keep keep it, you know, under control into myself, and maybe, you know, just between my wife and I, some wine or whatever. And um, I really never kind of settled on a um, a foundation of what that, what that should look like. And I had influences in my life that would, would say, you know, um, you, you probably shouldn't have that in your home at all and your exposure to your kids. And, uh, you know, I've got, I've got, um, several views that are close to, you know, people that I really love that, that have different views of, of having alcohol in the home and whatever. Um, so I never did, but, um, just to be kind of transparent with you guys, I had this, I had this longing and desire, um, and it was because of of uh, those times that I, I participated in that, and um, and so, just struggled with that, you know, just restless and and not knowing what to do with that. Um, and it seems weird, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of a school. Um, back then I was just teaching. Um, and it wasn't something that like, again, consumed my life, but just the thought of it. So, uh, when I was, um, when I was put in the place of, of being uh, part of the official pastoral staff, I really had to, to answer that question for myself once and for all for my family. And, uh, and so I, I've just chosen to, to not participate. Um, I have many friends and family that do. And um, it's not something that I look down on them uh, for. Um, I, I've never seen it in a context where it's been uh, misused. Um, but I also know just personally, my tendency, my, my tendency I think would be if I drank alcohol like I drink, you know, drink Pepsi, um, I, I think I probably wouldn't be here. Um, I, I think that would consume me. In fact, I know it would consume me. So, that has been a one of my real battles uh, in life, um, just spiritually, and and for whatever reason, um, I've had to struggle with that and had to, you know, in my mind in my heart, battle with that. Um, I, I, I don't know, people have other struggles too, you know, smoking just doesn't attract me, you know. Um, pornography thankfully has not been a vice um, that I have, I have had to go to and, and been attracted to. Um, I, there are other things I'm sure that um, ha, have a vice on me, but one of the things that has captured my heart and my head and I've really had to fight against is that. So I'm very, very careful on what, where I go, what I do. And today, if I am in a situation like, for instance, uh, next, next uh, Saturday, um, I'm invited over to uh, a party. Um, our men's basketball team won our championship in a, in a crazy way. And I know that it's just going to be a spread there. And so how I deal with that just so that I don't, you know, find my excuse. No one's there. No one will know. Um, so I, Amber's going to be right beside me. She's going to be right there with me. And so um, that makes it easy for me, um, to be able to have self-control. Um, if I didn't have Amber around and didn't have my kids, you know, at the stage that they're at, um, I think I would, I would probably find myself, um, in a real battle, um, with with the actual actual content of it. Um, so I'm thankful that the Lord has kind of taken me through that. I remember writing a, a paper in college defending uh, that alcohol is not bad. And I, I wrote it in kind of spite of Pillsbury, to be honest with you, thinking, you know, what I mean, wine's mentioned all over the place. Don't be drunk with wine. Don't, you know, whatever. And I, I don't want to take up all the time here because I know you guys all have probably better responses. Um, but um, I, I've, I've kind of, I've gone into that and I've waded into that personally. And I've had to answer some of those difficult questions uh, with my own, you know, appetites that I know that I probably um, may even face or, or want. And so uh, for me, I've had to be very, very careful. I've just had to step very, very lightly um, in that. And, um, you know, as a pastor, I, I am, I am thankful that I'm surrounded each day, uh, with major accountability and that, that has helped, you know, eliminate some of those temptations, um, to even start creeping in. Um, I've also watched, um, homes that have been completely destroyed by alcohol, um, both, you know, just, just. Start out as a casual thing, and uh, just really turn to something that's been very difficult. And I've seen, um, even with some of the kids that we've had in our home through foster care, uh, what damage that can do when it's abused. Uh, I'm saying, but sometimes, you know, you just start down a path, and you don't know. You have all the you know proper intentions. This is never going to get a hold of me. It'll never be a problem for me. And so, and for some, it's not. And, and to that, I say, great, but to others, it, it, it could be. And so I'm in probably one of those could be uh, categories. So I have chosen in my adult life to be very, very careful.
0: Well, cool. I appreciate you sharing, Jeremy. Thanks. Don, how about you?
5: Well, yeah, you guys uh, probably uh, knowing my
0: background don't,
5: and knowing our backgrounds uh, probably don't find it uh, Crazy to think that alcohol was not a, uh, uh, ever uh, in my home growing up. In fact, um, you know, it was very much taught against uh, never drinking. Um, we always had the uh, <clears throat> the old motto of "Don't drink, don't chew, don't go with girls who do," and so you know, that's just kind of explains it right there, right? You don't, we don't you stay late. That. That'll um, preach. Shake that <laughs> <Dad> bush. <laughs> but you know, ironically, just like Jeremy, my uh, my 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 uh, ideas of alcohol or my beliefs about alcohol did not really become uh, challenge until college. And, um, I remember sitting in a classroom my freshman year at Pillsbury and, and hearing a professor talk about social drinking and, and, um, uh, talk about, uh, lifestyle evangelism and all that kind of stuff. And this was completely blowing my mind. I'd like, I've never heard this idea that even the idea that, um, drinking alcohol was permitted. Um, and so it really challenged my, you know, the way I think about things. And um fast forward a couple of years later, um, I'm um, getting married to my wife, whose family is a uh very uh whose parents I, I respect dearly and look up to uh spiritually. Um and they, you know, their their family that has alcohol at at uh in their house, mom, um, but it, it's it's not abused. I don't ever feel it is a issue. It's never, it's something I've never um, seen abused at all. I mean, it's just it's 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 I would say a if you if you could call it a healthy understanding of of our of a system of how how it's treated. And um, boy, that really challenged me as well because I was like, well, this is you know completely different than what i've been told about alcohol all the time that once you start once you taste a drop of it you're addicted to it and you're never coming back and you're going to be a wino out in the streets or you know or um and so boy it really you know again put me in a place where i was like well i've got to really look at this and 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 um and the more i looked into it the more i realized you know i what i feel like the bible teaches about alcohol and and i i don't consider it a sin to drink alcohol um i do consider it a sin to be drunk and have it consume you of course i think the bible is per- very very clear on that um and so um you know as of if i you know how things have changed uh, i don't um see anything i don't for my for my myself i don't uh you know don't consider it a sin to drink alcohol. Do I drink alcohol now? No, I don't. Um, in fact, um, kind of like Jeremy's story, um, about two years ago, I was in a very dark place and I was, um, drinking, um, alcohol to, to sleep. I was, I was in a very dark place and I, and I needed something Hmm. to get me to sleep (laughs) and, uh, and I resorted to, to, uh, to, to whiskey and, uh, I drank, uh, you know, and finally, it just came to a head and things started happening. Um, and finally I said, okay, Jen was like, we got to stop this, you know, this, you know, and so, yeah, about two years ago, I haven't had, uh, since, since April 15th, I haven't had a drink of uh, alcohol since. So, um, but, hmm. uh, but it was something that was out of control and something that was starting to, I was used to, you know, to, to, as a crutch to, to try and get to sleep. So, hmm. um, so yeah now I, I mean I, but again, it's it's something that I, I don't think is a sin to drink alcohol, but I do obviously believe it is is wrong to abuse and can be very uh, dangerous um, but, uh, but I don't have an issue with uh, people drinking. Okay Thanks, Don.
4: Ben. Yeah. So I grew up in a home similar to um, Don and Jeremy. We did not have alcohol in our home. It was not really in the, um, you know, groups of, um, families we hung out with or those kind of things. Um, I, I don't know if it was too much, even in our church, I, I would, I mean, obviously I'd, I never went in and checked out everybody's, uh, pantries in their homes or whatever, but, you know, just, yeah, it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't around much growing up. So <clears throat> I think, perhaps like uh, Jeremy and Don have shared, you know, as you become an adult or through the college years, you really start to figure out what beliefs you're going to make your own and and where you're going to land on some of these things and trying to, uh, you know, obviously read through the Bible and reflect on things that are, are real black and white doctrinal core beliefs, things that maybe could be more into the preference category or things like that. So for me, Um, Then also as an adult, I have people around me who I look up to as spiritual um, role models and um, people that that I I look up to a lot that they, you know, do um, occasionally have a have a drink, but, um, you know, so that so as I've. Kind of reflected on where I I landed on this as an adult. You know, I, I try to draw out some principles, and you know, Jeremy kind of quickly referenced a, a verse where it says in Ephesians five to not be drunk with wine. You know, as we've talked about through the sanctification, it says that um, you know through the spirit of self-control, right? So that's one of the things of over indulging in, in alcohol or possibly over indulging in a lot of things can take us out of that level of mm-hmm. self-control. So it's something that's important to keep in perspective but yeah where I've landed on it I I don't think the alcohol in and of itself is a wrong is wrong or is a sin but it's something that uh, I think Don used the phrase you even have to have you have to have a healthy respect for for what it is and um, and you know if you read through the rest of the verses there in Ephesians it talks about, You know, be very careful, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Um, So, you know, when you even kind of think about that, you're thinking through, okay, what's going to potentially be a stumbling block to other believers? What's going to be a hindrance to my witness? What's going to be, you know, there's a lot to consider more than just looking for maybe a black and white answer here, but anyway um yeah so where I've landed on it is I, I, yeah I don't I don't personally believe that it's um, that it's a sin to have a drink of alcohol but um, you know overindulging obviously would be pretty clearly defined in the Bible as something that uh, we should not do as Christians and would fall into this category of a sin
0: cool thanks for sharing Ben Kenny our guest what a what a great topic to come in as a guest huh <laughs> it is actually. It's Yeah, talk to us.
2: What do you think? No, I was really kind of happy when I saw this on the agenda for a few reasons. Uh, one, it, it's hit pretty close to home uh, with, with some stuff going on and in, in, uh, my extended my family and then some good friends that, that I've had that I've seen kind of you know, battle through this. And um, it is a, it's a tough topic so so i'll start with the first question which is yeah growing up my dad was a baptist preacher as most of you i think you all know um yeah it's a sin period we don't have it we don't do it i mean it was again I was, it was very pillsbury you know that was that was my dad's type of church where everything was a sin and you just don't do anything and um but I, you know i kind of want to talk about that too because i look back at you know some of some of our pillsbury you know um some of the students of Pillsbury, some of the people that graduated with us, but really even my Christian school back in St. Francis. And it's, it's so interesting how so many people have completely just left, you know, left, completely left the Christian faith and alcohol has a lot to do with it. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable talking to one of my best friends in the world and uh, he says he he pretty much, he doesn't believe anymore. And what I do know is that he drinks constantly. I mean, it's just, it's what consumes his life. Um, you know, there's this verse I was looking up here, probably totally out of context, but it's, but it also fits in Proverbs 31. Um, they talk about the Kings out there, you know, not to drink. It says, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Um, again, way out of context, but the concept of you just don't think the same when you, when you let that consume your life. Um, so the bigger question, is it a sin? I you know I'm with, I'm with Don and Ben on this one. I I, I can't say that I categorize it as a sin, um, but I can say that I am, I am grateful that that's not one of the vices that has gripped me um, because I've seen it and, it. and man, I tell you what, I had every opportunity to let it grip me. I, TCF, that's all they did. Like I said, I would I would have drinks with them, um, but it was always the the foo foo drinks they call them. Uh, I was exposed to it the first time, ironically not not at college. Um, you know, I would heard about some of the things that happened. You know, with, with some of my friends, and you know, I was surprised. I was you know kind of in that still in that camp of I can't believe they would even consider doing that. And um, get to TCF, I go on these trips and I see you know everybody. That's all they're doing. Literally, that's all they're doing, the entire week it's it is unbelievable <laughs> but i see these people with these i saw it was a green drink it was my boss and she had this green drink it was like i'm like oh well, that looks good i go what is that she's like it's a midori sour like she goes yeah you should try one of course the pressure i'm like you know what fine and i you know what it tasted like kool-aid it was amazing <laughs> So, so, so uh, you know but so that was kind of where, you know, it started where, okay, yeah, I'll have some drinks. I'll have some strawberry daiquiri, and stuff that tastes good. Like you said, Jeremy, I mean, I tried a beer once and I think, I don't, I can't understand why people would ever drink it. But, um, but the nuts and the bolts of it is, you know what, this has hit close to home. Uh, like we've got, we've got a family member who's really struggling. Um, and that kind of is what is what I talked about earlier. That's kind of what's causing the, caused a division in our family with how we've tried to deal with it. Um, You know, they want us to deal with it in a a kumbaya, just love, 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 you know, fashion of just love. And it's like, well, we've tried that for years. So we, we wanted to take a different approach that maybe would help. And um, it pretty much ripped that relationship away. So, so coming back full circle, I mean, I look at it and it's like, I have seen full hand, the dangers of alcohol and where it can go and. Is it yeah, the I mean, I think the Bible mentions it um over 70 times about having a drink of wine, and so again, I have a hard time saying it, it could be a sin in and of itself, but man, the path that it can lead you because we are so weak, our, our flesh is so weak, and where it can lead you, I am so grateful that that is not a vice that is that is connected to Sadie or I. like, we don't buy alcohol. We have bought, I mean, we bought two bottles of Moscato wine in our life and both times we had one drink of it and, and ended up dumping the bottle six months later, <laughs> you know, so you know, we, we just don't have right. a desire and we are so, so grateful that we don't because of what we, the damage we've seen it do to others. So that's kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you sharing. Uh, that's good stuff. Ryan.
1: Well, I think this is now a full consensus, but like the rest of you, I grew up in a home and a church where it was uh, pretty much um, for, forbidden to drink alcohol, and even even tasting tasting it, you just had to stay away, and that that was in your best interest to do so, and it certainly seemed like a major sin if, if you did, if you got involved with alcohol. I mean, I, I think that's what I'm gathering. I know Matt hasn't talked yet, but... Um, for everybody who's spoken so far. Um, so I, I, I guess that's the background I come from. And so the second question we're answering is, how are we changed now? Uh, have we changed from what we grew up with? I think for me, as I've gotten to learn more and you know, you get exposed to more people, more teaching, you, you look at a scripture in a broader way, even Jeremy mentioned doing a paper in college. I don't think I ever did a a paper on alcohol in college. Um, But you just you're forced to think more on your own, uh, naturally in in a college setting. And then as you as you grow into the adult stage. So I think where I'm at now with alcohol and the Christian is um, I I agree that the Bible does not come out and say if you if you taste alcohol, you, you are sinning. So I, I agree, and I, I think my view of it as, as a young person was, was probably overblown to the degree that, that it was, um, yet at the same time, I, I don't think it's a good idea um, for Christians to be involved with alcohol. Um, I, I can share more later, maybe the next episode I can get into the, the rationale for that, but just the transition from where I was as a young person to where I am as an adult. Very, very little difference, but I, I, I do see a pathway. As some of you have described, that the Bible does not come out and say if you taste alcohol, that is a sin. So, uh, whereas as a child, I would say, "Oh yeah, yeah, you touch alcohol, you're you're in sin." So that's that's where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, appreciate you sharing. Um, again, similarly, growing up, uh, growing up with, with you guys, you know, a little bit of just a little bit of history will help, though, though, because I, I think I saw a side of alcohol they at a very young age that was pretty extreme. Now, thankfully, my folks were recently saved before they got married and they had me, but they had grown up and they were of the world that they, they had drinks. They enjoyed that. It obviously did a full 180 when they came to Christ. And so that was not a part uh, uh, growing up, but uh, it impacted uh, me when I was five. I had a cousin um, who was uh, had two cousins and my aunt were backing out of their driveway and a drunk driver hit him. And, uh, my aunt was in a vegetative state the rest of her life. And I lost the cousin that was my age. So, um, and, uh, so sh- so she died. And then my other cousin thankfully was spared. She was, a, uh, I I think maybe one or two at the time in her car seat and she was spared. Um, so I remember as the first time I remember crying, like for like, not because I was spanked cause that probably happened a lot, but, uh, like the first time I remember just crying, Um, because it's like, man, I lost, like, she's gone. Like she's, it it was, it was just extremely impactful to me. And I, and I knew the result was because there was a guy who was drunk and I didn't understand all the things, but he was a drunk driver. Um, and then, we still had family get togethers and some of the family, uh, drank a lot, even at those get togethers middle of the afternoon. And I remember one in specifically, um, where, you know, one of the family members was so, so drunk, it was obnoxious and they had to like herd the kids away from, from him. And thankfully it was a wake up call to him. I think he scaled it back significantly, but, um, I saw the effects of alcohol. I'd lost a family member, um, early on. So for me, it was like that stuff, (laughs) stuff, no way. Um, and so it's it never been a thought the, the taste of it's not even that that uh, that good to me um now fast forward to the honeymoon and we're down in mexico and uh, the swim up bar that's life changing so you go up there and you can get a you can you can, you can swim in a tropical environment on your honeymoon is fantastic, and you can get drinks at the swim-up bar. And uh, you know it was interesting because the the alcoholic ones didn't taste as good as the non-alcoholic ones. But um, hold on, time out. I okay. just have this thought going through my mind, though. You're not a great swimmer, though. That, that's why they don't make the swim-up bar deep. Like it's okay. not that I'm just cold. making
3: Sure. All right.
0: Yeah. All right. That that'll be another story, Jeremy. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, about swimming. Good. Grief. Oh man! Uh, yeah. So I, I, I guess, you know, we, you know, I've been, I've been, I enjoy it from time to time, but it's, it's never, it's never a pull to do anything stronger than, um, you know, maybe than a drink, whether it's with, uh, with, with some friends, I do want to get to, you know, maybe next episode, talk a little bit about culturally, because where you go in the country and Kenny, maybe you'll see this down in Florida, but I know we've got a, our brother or my brother-in-law is down in Kentucky and it's, that's culturally what you do. Like it's, it's, it's more accepted even within the church. Uh, so there's some significant, uh, you know, differences there. And, um, so yeah, I certainly don't, don't believe it's a sin, but, uh, I, I was really, um, Again, for me, impacted by everything that you said, but for me growing up, just if, if if that gets out of control, and I think probably like a lot of sins, but boy, that gets out of control, that physical harm can come to people. And then you guys alluded to it, relationships just devastated through it. Um, and uh, it seems like something that you can, you know, you you might not be able to stop once you start down that path. So to be very, very cautious with it. So yeah, I look forward to, you know, maybe getting a little bit more into like the uh, maybe cultural aspect and maybe some biblical thoughts on that uh, next episode, but uh, some good thoughts on alcohol and the believer. That's a wrap on episode 32 on this, the second day of May, year of our Lord, 2021. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at Six in the Mix pod. Join us on our journey.